0: Pleasure to be with you again. (laughs) I will not guarantee next time. My times are in God's hands as yours are too. The uh, subject as you've heard for the camp is particularly the book of Revelation but we combine it with the book of Daniel and the reason will appear very clear as we pass through the time we have together. I'm not going to start with a biblical exposition to start with. We ask the question, in the hour in which we find ourselves, is the book of Revelation relevant? Does it apply to the time in which we find ourselves? Now, I want to take you on a pathway to show you the um, need to grasp this book in the hour in which we are so if someone could bring this up onto the front so people can see it or put it down here if people can see down here it's probably the easiest because I want to illustrate before we step into the scriptures I want to illustrate the reason why it is so relevant all right as you can see here, we have a normal clock, which you understand, I guess. A clock, as we have it normally, all over the world, has how many divisions around the face of the clock? Generally 60, all right? 60 divisions. We call them minutes. Now, each of those minutes is divided again, generally not on the clock, but it's divided. How, how much is it divided into? 60, all right. So you've got 60 seconds. So the whole of the divisions make, come on, you students, 60 times 60 is? 3,600, all right. 3,600 total divisions in all that. And we notice there is a minute hand on the clock, different, and there is a second hand, probably the tall one's a second, but nevertheless. There are hands on the clock which tell us the time. And so a normal clock we understand all over the world, and a clock, in our understanding, measures time, because God created time, And time has been consistent all the way through. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, summer and winter, cold and heat will not cease. Day and night will not cease while the earth remains. That is God's promise. And it's a covenanted promise to Israel, particularly in Jeremiah. So that is the normal clock we understand like this. But scientists in the world have another clock. A couple of days ago on the news, this clock was mentioned. And it is called the atomic clock. All right? There is an atomic clock. The reason there is now an atomic clock is because I'll do it the same kind of thing. The reason there is now an atomic clock in the world from scientists is that In the Second World War, to finish it, they dropped two bombs. One on Nagasaki, one on Hiroshima. And they wiped the cities and the people out. And so scientists could see that there is a problem ahead. That if this increases in production, they will wipe the world out we call them wmd today weapons of mass destruction that's what's called so there is in the world what you call a nuclear proliferation treaty meaning we're going to restrict atomic nuclear warheads so we don't blow the whole world apart that is the thinking of scientists so they have an atomic clock but on the news it said with iran threatening the way it is and the con Conflicts starting to appear on the earth. They shifted. The clock was already close to midnight, but they shifted it two steps closer because they could see we're rapidly approaching this atomic clock and what could take place on earth. I am interested in this. Do you know something? They see nothing beyond this. All they see Knowing what they have at their disposal, Russia, America, Britain, France, Pakistan, India and little Israel, they all possess atomic weapons. Israel is an unknown quantity but let me say they have the most brilliant scientists the world knows. We have no measure of what Israel has. They say nothing and we don't know. So scientists recognise that this hand, with the threatening taking place in our world, there is an atomic clock, but they have no answer. It stops there. As far as they're concerned, when this breaks out, that's it. That's how they see the world. Now, this is enough to put terror into any person's soul. True? Because when I was in university, it was the Cold War, and I knew nothing about my Bible, and there was threatenings between America and Russia about USSR at that time, about atomic energy being used to blow the world apart and fight each other with, and I had no answers. I didn't know the Bible. So I don't know what you're doing sitting there and realising this is real. We are living in a real world, and people don't talk about it too much, but some of the things you see on headlines, like you'll see the word Armageddon, used by the press occurs only once in the Bible, is a Hebrew word and simply means the range at Megiddo, the mountain range at Megiddo. That's Armageddon. That's all it means. But Armageddon in the Bible has certain events happening when that name is mentioned and it's in the book of Revelation. So we are getting relevant from the world the thought that things are happening and maybe the Bible has something to say about what is going to happen. The Bible doesn't have something to say, it has everything to say. You will not get your information in a proper manner unless you get into your Bible. You are going to hear speculative comments made, meaning people are speculating about what is going to take place. We are not meant to speculate. We are meant to understand and apply facts when they appear and say, This has happened. This is what the Bible says. The two agree exactly. We are not speculating the future. The Bible tells us the future. Our difficulty is understanding what the Bible says. So I trust as we go through here a little bit of the clock because God has a clock. That's the atomic clock. That's our normal clock. God has a clock. Do you know Jesus worked by a clock? He says... The hour has not yet come. Mine hour has not yet come. Repeatedly he would say that. Mine hour has not yet come. Then he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your name. The hour has come. So there was a timing for Jesus, exact and perfectly fulfilled, in detail, right on time. Every detail. So is there a clock God has? And God has one of the most amazing clocks you can get. Now, it's not quite like our normal clock, but it is very similar. Let me show you God's clock. So I'm going to write up here. This is God's clock. I put down here, and you can get all kinds of texts out of particularly the Gospel of John, Christ's clock. Christ's clock, and he would say in the King James, my hour has not yet come. When they tried to kill him, he just passed through their midst. My hour has not yet come. So there came a time when he said, the hour has come. So he, he was under a clock which his father had designed for him, and he perfectly fulfilled the details and the timing of that clock. And I haven't got time to do that. (laughs) But there is another clock. In your Bible, it is Daniel chapter 9. All right? This is called, and I'll call it God's clock. And you'll find it in Daniel chapter 9. I'm not going to do it now. We will cover it if we get time, when we get there. But I want to set it up so we understand God's clock. What you've got are divisions. But this time, there are, I won't do them all then, there are 70 divisions. This one had 60. You understand, this one had 60. This one has 70 divisions. And each of those divisions is divided into seven, not 60 like this. This clock is 60 minutes, 60 seconds. God's clock has 70 divisions and there are seven divisions in each of those 70. So what you do is this, exactly the same as we did here. You multiply these two together. What do you get? 490. So, Gabriel says to Daniel, understand the vision. Know and understand the vision. There are 70 weeks, is your King James, or 77s. If you want to interpret it biblically, all it means is this. Jacob served a week to get Rachel, seven years, you understand? So, to be consistent using the King James, it means, the week in King James means seven years. Are we clear? So, 70 times seven is 70 times seven years, which gives you 490 years. And what God has done in Daniel has split that 490 years accurately and... uh, prophetically exact. The first 69 times 7 have been perfectly fulfilled. This is it. I'll just go through it quickly. We will do it in detail so you are clear when we get there, if we get there. From the going forth of the decree, this is given to you in the Bible in the book of Nehemiah, not the book of Ezra. That's where the SDAs go completely wrong. Ellen White is totally out in timing immediately. All right? You start off with the book of Nehemiah because the Bible says from the going forth of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, Ezra has to do with the rebuilding of the temple. That's the date. Nehemiah is dealing with the rebuilding and restoring of Jerusalem, the city and the wall. So you come to this and Daniel is told from the time, the decree by God to restore and rebuild Jerusalem till the Messiah is cut off. That is the death at Calvary. He said there will be seven... I'll put it down... (laughs) 7 times 7 plus 62 times 7. That's how it's given to us. He's defining and dividing up this 70 times 7. So he says, From the time of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. That starts it. Till Messiah is cut off, there will be this time, which happens to be 69 times 7. Do you notice There is something missing. There is one seven missing. One seven years are missing. So you have a division in time and these are given to us exactly. The decree given to you in Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 1, it's in the 20th year of Artaxerxes, in the month of Nisan, is Passover month, The decree was given to Nehemiah to go back and restore and rebuild Jerusalem. That was the order given to him. That's when the timing started. The building, we are told in Daniel, Gabriel's telling Daniel, before it happens, he's telling us, it will be rebuilt in troublesome times. So you have an account in Nehemiah where the Sanballat, the Horonite, and these others rose up and tried to stop them building. True? You know your Bible? If you don't, read it. (laughs) That's what happened. This is troublous times. It's history. It's real. It was done to Israel when they went back to rebellion. Then there's another 62 times 7 and we get to this point here and Messiah is cut off. King James, not for himself, meaning he died for my sin, not his own. He didn't have any. He died for your sin. It wasn't his own. It was yours. That's why he died. King NIV has he had nothing. And literally he was stripped of everything, his clothing, his reputation, everything. He began the song of the drunkards. He was mocked at. He was spat at. Everything was done to him as the substitute in your place and mine, bearing our sin. So he's cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken, is how Isaiah puts it. The clock stopped at that point. The clock has not started yet, but when it does, it's going to go for seven years. Is that clear? This 70 times seven years, Gabriel tells Daniel, 70 times seven is decreed for your people, who's that? The Jews, the Israelites. Your holy city, which is which? Jerusalem. And literally, my sanctuary, which is what? The temple. And God defined exactly what would happen in those 70 times 7 years in verse 24, Daniel 9. So you have God's clock and God's clock concerns one nation particularly. And that nation today we call Israel and you and I have lived to see a miracle take place in our generation and that is The prophecies of Israel being scattered through the world which was given by Moses way back in Deuteronomy and fulfilled in history exactly over time and for 2,000 years, over 2,000 years now they have been scattered through the world particularly when Titus came with the Roman army surrounded Jerusalem, smashed the walls down, burnt the temple destroyed everything, a million sold off for no price into Egypt as slaves and they scattered through the world we have a weed, because my background is agriculture, we have a weed called the wandering Jew. Right? That's way they call it, because the weed wanders everywhere, that's its action. And so it's just named by an action which is historical. The Jews have wandered all over the world. But you and I have lived in an amazing time, we have watched the regathering, it's still taking place. Next place apparently will be France, probably, where they'll be forced back into their own land. So we're watching hunters come and fishers come and Israel is returning back to their own land under extremely difficult circumstances. So this timing is decreed. There is one seven ahead. And that one seven ahead has not happened. All right? So there is one times seven. There is a gap in time And you and I are in that gap. We are in that gap. It's called the church. It's God's testimony on earth. It's his body. It's his bride. It's his building. It's the branches in the vine. That is called the church of Jesus Christ. It is God's testimony to the world from the time the Holy Spirit came down on the day of Pentecost and commenced that tremendous missionary activity that exploded right across the world today till the islands of the farthest islands of the sea. (laughs) Right across in the middle of the Pacific is where the gospel has gone. And now I understand we had a Bougainville, a lady from Bougainville at our table last Sunday with her boy. And... uh, sitting at the table and we had two Jews staying with us, two Israelis, 22-year-old <coughs> finished IDF and they're traveling the world so they're they coming and they're staying with us and so it was very interesting because this lady is, uh, she said, we pray, we pray for Israel. Why do you pray for Israel? Why do you pray for us? You know, why this gentile? Why do you pray? Said so the gospel came to us We're the farthest side of the sea. We're bringing it back to Israel. So you get this immensity of action that God has taken over time. But the church's testimony is going to finish. But the next great testimony to this world, God will use Jews. He will use Jews. So when we step into this whole history of the world, you are watching the whole world's focus on one little nation in what's called the Middle East, surrounded by those who hate her, now surrounded by a world which hates her, except God in his mercy has kind of changed the attitude a bit of the leader of America. And so in mercy, there is a friend still. But for the most part, the hatred for the Jew is worldwide and is going to increase as far as this future time is concerned. But all that is there tells us it does not finish here where the scientists have the atomic clock. Is that clear? Because the Bible takes us to 1,000 years of reign of Christ upon the earth. Then it has that heaven and that earth passing away when the devil is dealt with and the rebellion is put away. And we have a new heaven and a new heaven. And listen carefully. John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. There is no more gap theory. The first heaven and the first earth, you are still living in. We are still in it. God destroyed the world by a flood, but it's the same earth, changed by a flood. It's the same heavens, and conditions have changed. There is no question of that since the flood. But it's still the first heaven and the first earth. Because John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth because the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no place found for them. So we are living in prophetic times when we cannot avoid dealing somehow with the book of Revelation. And uh, there are two books across the theological world in Bible colleges that are under constant contention. One is Genesis 1-11. to how the world began. The other is revelation, how it will end. Right? And as you travel, you begin to realise that it's mentally contentious. And I do not say I have all the answers. You know why? It's still future. <laughs> but we do have in the Word of God sufficient to give us great encouragement to know it's all under the control of God. It is not under the control of man. So we must grasp this as we go through. And I think that is what stands out above all. All right? So I've got these clocks, you understand? I use the normal clock, but God does have a clock and we'll go through it in detail when we get there, Daniel chapter 9, because we'll be going through the visions of Daniel. And that is the message. God does have timing and event and they will be accurate because the first 69 have been fulfilled in timing and detail exactly. We would expect, if God is consistent, the last seven is going to be fulfilled in timing and detail exactly. All right. I'll leave you with that. Is that all right? Okay.